Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. This morning, I'm going to be talking about praise. Turn to the person next to you and say, are you ready to praise? Are you ready to praise? Now, when I found out that this morning there was no series to preach on, over the past couple of weeks, I've had an immense revelation about this concept of praise. Let me explain. So a couple of weeks ago, literally two weeks ago on a Sunday morning, I was thinking, why do we praise? What's with the fast song? What's with the clapping? What's with the some people dancing? What's with the shout of praise? What, what is with all of that sort of gear, right? And I didn't grow up a Christian, so when I got saved, I was 15. And when I came into church... I was looking at this concept of fast songs and praise and clapping and joy, and I was a little bit confused, to say the least. And I was thinking that there was an impression on my heart that it's important. There was an impression on my heart that it was what we're supposed to do, and there was an impression on me that it's what we should do, right? But I didn't have a revelation until about two weeks ago. I went from having an impression on the importance of praise to having a revelation on the importance of praise. And it happened right there where my lovely wife is sitting. And we were during a fast song and, and I wasn't clapping or singing because I didn't like the song. And, and some of you are going to be like, what did he just say? But it wasn't loud enough for me. And at youth, we have a smoke machine and no one's dancing. So like, why am I going to get into it, right? And that sounds funny to some people because they're like, it's too loud for me. A smoke machine in church, what? Dancing, excuse me? So our, what we want out of praise is so different. So I figured out that I wasn't clapping and singing because I didn't like the song. But then I thought in myself, I'm like, well, I've got an impression that it's important, so shouldn't I just do it anyway? And I started to clap my hands. I started to sing to this song that I didn't really like. And then I started to not just read the lyrics on the screen and sing the lyrics on the screen, but I started to understand that the lyrics were actually promises from God. And I started to actually not just sing lyrics, but I started to sing the promises of God over my life. And I'm clapping and I'm having joy in my life. And I started to actually enjoy myself. So I thought, why don't I just talk to Pastor Josh and be like, can I talk about praise? And he said, go for it. So um, there you go. So I'm really excited. Praise is important, but why? So this morning, I've called my message, Imperfect Praise. If you're taking notes, Imperfect Praise. And what I want you to do is I want you to turn to the person behind you and say, Imperfect Praise. There we go. That's what I thought would happen. Now, this is not just for the people in the room. This is for the people that are watching online right now. Praise is so important, but why? And, you know, I hear this stereotype a lot that praise is only for the youth and for the kids. Who's, who's kind of heard that before? But as the youth pastor of this church, I used to believe that stereotype until I realized, do you know how hard it is to get a teenager to praise Jesus? And if you talk to the kids' bands that are out there every Sunday morning, do you know how hard it is to get kids to praise and jump and clap for Jesus rather than flashing colors? It's quite tough. So when we hear the fact that praise is just for the youth and for the kids, it's actually not. And the person that I was talking to, because I said, hey, I want to preach on praise, and I was asking a bunch of different people in the church what they thought, and I heard a resounding youth and kids focus for praise. 
And I was thinking when they told me that, that 50% correct. Because praise is not for youth and kids, it's for children. It's for children of God. Which, it looks to me that that actually is 100% of this room and everyone watching online. Praise is not just for youth and for kids, it's for every child of God. Oh, I haven't even got there yet, so this is amazing. (laughs) And I've got this, which means I'm a little bit of a teacher this morning. Imperfect praise, that's my first slide, I don't need to do anything yet. But what is praise? And I want to bring the message not on my opinion on praise, but on the godly principle of praise. So I want to actually bring it up in the Bible, but what is praise? There are actually products of praise as well. And in church, I just want to list what those are. Clapping, singing, I'm not going to explain that or do that, because that's not good. Dancing, once again, I wish I could, could show you, but that's not going to be fun. Maybe after. Offering. Offering is a type of praise. And I was thinking about it, and a lot of us kind of have heard, if you've been in church a long time, if it's your first time, hello, Shannon, what an amazing offering. That was great. Um, But we hear that offering is worship. But then we hear this scripture about how God loves a cheerful giver. And after we part with something and we give with something and we sacrifice something and it's met with a cheerful heart, that's actually a sort of praise. Praise is a sort of offering. So these are products testimonies when we have my stories and someone's explaining that God has brought them through a certain situation and at the end of that video it fades to black and it says my story and people start to clap that's not clapping for the production team or for the person it's praising for God to brought them through that situation we're actually praising God fast songs in the fast songs agreement with the preaching if I say something and you like it amen amen yes God is doing that yes that does say that in the Bible amen 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 These are products of praise. But here we go. Doing all these things, doing products of praise, isn't necessarily praise itself. Praise is a deeper meaning, and I want to unpack that this morning. But first, I want to pray. So why don't you bow your heads or lift your hands or however you receive. And I want to pray that God speaks to you about why we praise Him this morning. Lord, I ask that this morning, that your goodness, that your grace that while we thank you is not just a foreign object, but God, I pray that this morning, that this house will erupt with praise, praise of your people. God, I pray that we glorify you this morning. I thank you for everything you've done for us. I thank you for who you are, and I give you praise this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Please work. Oh, I have been doing a little bit of research into praise And how I summarize praise, I can summarize it in this sentence here. Praise is internal thankfulness met with an external exaltation. Big words. What does exaltation mean? Well, we're going to find out here. Philippians 2, 8 to 9. It says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, this is Jesus, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, Check this out. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Exaltation biblically is taking something or someone to a higher place than it previously was. In this case, Jesus is not only being held at a higher place above some names, above some people, above some feelings, above some historians. He's actually being placed and exalted above every name. Jesus is exalted. So Jesus is being exalted, and it means to place something on high. It means to give glory. 
It means to place it at the forefront and the focus of someone's life. So praise is not just being inwardly thankful to God, but it's taking your inward thankfulness and meeting it with an external exaltation that says, Jesus, you're my focus. Jesus, you're at the front of my life. Jesus, you're at the highest part of my life, and I put you first. Because a lot of us can hear about praise and hear about the products and praise and go, I don't clap or sing or, or dance, but I'm inwardly thankful. But that's only half of praise. Praise is not just met with being thankful. Praise is met with exalting Jesus. Who believes that? Praise is met with exalting Jesus. Praise is glorifying God. But why? Why do we exalt him? We exalt God because of these two reasons and many other, other reasons as well. But God is victorious and we are actually created to praise. We praise him. We exalt him because God is victorious and me and you, we are actually created to praise. Check this out. In Psalm 150, it says this, praise the Lord. I want you to get the key word in this as well. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of a trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Oh, and if you think that's not enough, praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, yeah. Proverbs 21 to 31, it says, The horse is pre prepared for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. In these two scriptures here, we find out that at the end of this scripture, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It doesn't just say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, please, can you try? It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Full stop, starts again, praise the Lord. It's not even a question at this time. It just says, praise the Lord. We are created to praise. Have you ever heard someone or have you ever said this? I don't get involved with the clapping and the happiness of church because that's not who I am. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. Oh, that's not who I am to be joyful in church. That's not who I am to clap and to sing. Well, actually, if we look at this, do you have breath in your lungs? Well, then not only is it who you are, but it's actually who you are called to be. Not only is it who you are, but it's actually what we should do. We are called to praise the Lord. It is who we are. Oh, man. Amen, indeed. And in this scripture here, it says, victory belongs to the Lord. Because our battles are not ours, they're actually His. But not only that, that when Jesus went to the cross, and He was crucified, and He was buried, and He rose again three days later, you know what that is? That's victory. That's beating death. That's beating sin. That's beating anything that comes against us. Jesus is victorious, and we are created to praise. See ya, Annie. <clears throat> he is victorious over sin and death. Let everything with breath praise the Lord. These are why we exalt him. So that's kind of the why and what praise is in a biblical sense. But with this next bit, I'm really believing 
that this morning that someone in this room, multiple people are going to praise for the first time ever, are going to exalt Jesus in their life for the first time ever. I'm actually believing that when I say this sentence here, that you can clap in church your whole life, but have never have praised. I'm believing that this morning, that this whole room is going to understand that praise is not just clapping or products of praise, but praise is actually exalting God because he's victorious and because we were actually created to praise. Come on, who believes that? Do we believe that? Now, Annie's not here to say amen, so we're going to have to be a bit responsive. Is that okay? (laughs) So he prays to exalt God, and we know we exalt God because he's victorious, and we were created to praise, but how do we praise? So my first point for this morning is this. Praise does not require your preference. Here we go. Praise does not require your preference. Okay, so I know that God deserves my praise. I know that God has beat sin and death on behalf of me. I know that I'm created to praise, but it's a little too loud. Oh, I know that God is deserving of my praise, but there's too many lights or it's too quiet, or it's too dark, or I don't like that person on the stage. (laughs) Hopefully you like me. Oh, it's not my preference. Because it's not my preference, therefore I'm not going to praise. But I'm inwardly thankful. 2 Samuel, get this, this is crazy. Now, I don't actually have all the time in the world to go into this, but there's so much to go into this scripture about. But I want to just pull apart this last bit that King David says. In the context, if we look into it, there is so much happening at this time in this area. And King David is basically responsible. There's plagues, there's armies rising up. There's a lot of stuff that's going hectically wrong. And what King David decides to do is he decides to offer a burnt sacrifice to the Lord. And what you need to offer a burnt sacrifice is you need an altar, but you also need elements to prepare to have a burnt offering to then sacrifice it to the Lord. And this is what happens. King David finds out that there's this guy called Ararunara or something. And they find out that he's got the elements, right? And then this is what happens. This fella here says, I'm going to give you the elements because I just honor you. And I'm going to give you these because you're the king and you can just have these elements. But then get this. No, I've got to buy it from you for a good price. I am not going to offer God, my God, sacrifices that are no sacrifice to me. Are you catching what I'm throwing here? I love that his response finished with this. I will not offer my God sacrifices that are of no sacrifice to me. In other words, we can kind of say that our praise, if we are giving God glory, if we are giving him exaltation, if we are giving him our praise, our joy, our passion, we are actually giving him something, right? We're giving him an offering of our praise. But this means that we don't praise our preferences, we praise God. And if it means that I have to sacrifice my preference, lay down my pride, lay down what I want to praise and thank God, then man, I want it to cost me something. I want my praise to not just be products of praise, but I want my praise to actually give God what He deserves. 
and that's my full life. That's his full positioning. That's his full grace. That's his full favor on my life. I want to give God everything, not just a portion, not just a little bit. I don't come to church because it's everything that I want. I come to church because Christ is everything that I need. I don't come to church because it's my preference or, no, or nothing at all. I come to church because it's not everything that I want. I come because Christ is everything that I need. And then some of us get into this mentality that we come to church, and oh, if it's not my way, then I'm just going to sip my coffee in the foyer and then go in after praise. Or I'm just not going to clap because that's not who I am. Or my preference is that this whole thing is bright pink. And my whole preference is that that screen is like a love heart shape. And, and if it's not my preference, and if it's already happening without my preference, then God's not getting my praise. God deserves our praise whether our preference likes it or not. I want to praise God through my preferences. But this goes two ways, right? I want you to listen to these two scenarios. Oh, I only praise at youth because it's loud and because there's strobing lights, there's smoke, and I can actually get into it. Well, how about this? I don't praise at church because it's too loud. It goes the same way. And I've fallen into this. Let's put aside our preferences this morning and put Christ as our preference. Here we go. This is what someone with praise preferences has, right? Follow me. We're not coming into the auditorium. We're actually, we're not driving into church thinking, oh, it has to be like this, this, and this, or I'm not praising. But what if our preference was this? Whatever song, whatever lights, whatever volume, whatever person is on stage, whatever it is, God, if it's to exalt you, then that's what my preference is. My preference is either exalting my king or not. And if this song is exalting God, Although it's not the way that I want, although it's not my preference, hey, I'm exalting God because that's my preference. Oh, although the, this song is exalting God and this praise is giving him glory, oh, the lights, oh, the sound, but hey, if my preference is exalting God, you're going to know what I'm going to do. I'm going to exalt God. I'm going to praise God. Praise is more important than your preference. This leads me on to point number two. Are we doing all right? Thank you, Tim. Praise is not about you. Woe indeed. You know, a lot of my life, I used to think that praise was life and life abundance, and it's about me receiving joy. But it's absolutely not. It's actually not, that's not the reason why we praise. The reason why we praise is not because of us, it's because of Christ. And hey, if joy is a byproduct of praising God, then hey, that's awesome. But praise is not in, intentionally about me. Praise is actually about Christ. When I was in year seven, I wanted to impress this girl. So I became a Port Adelaide member. <laughs> Look at this. We're already praising just weird stuff right now. It's like Port Adelaide. Yeah. They won last night, by the way. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, in year seven, I couldn't even spell football let alone catch one. But then I just decided to just be the biggest supporter of Port Adelaide to just get this girl's attention. And then she was kind of like, oh, but do you know so-and-so and his position and his number? I'm like, yes. So then I went home and I learnt every Port Power player 
every coach, I, I learned that what Brownlow medal means. And that it's not a low brown metal. But <laughs> I don't even know what it is anymore. But I learned so much that eventually she's like, okay, Jake knows a thing or two about Fort Power. So then her and her family, um, they are loaded. So they had this um, super cool place where they would watch the games and they invited me to every single game that was at the Adelaide Oval. And just come with me here. I went to the game and when the Port Power won, there was a song. Did you know that football has a song? But not only for the whole of football, but every team has their own like chant. So when there was victory, there was a song, like church. And in fact, it wasn't just a song, but people were losing their minds because someone kicked a leather ball and tackled another human. And there was dancing, like church. And there was passion, like church. The only difference is the short shorts and the lack of clothing and the tackling which only happens sometimes. I'm joking. It's a joke. But get this. I don't clap in church. I don't sing in church. I don't dance in church. I don't celebrate in church. But I might in a grandstand filled with thousands of people watching a footy game. Oh, I don't get involved with the celebration and the praise at church because it's too loud. But I'll happily sit in a cinema and be surrounded by the world-class speakers for two hours in a condensed room, blaring at me nonstop. You know, last time I actually went to the cinemas, I was turning to Holly, I'm like, it's too loud in here. <laughs> like, get me out of here. Take me back to youth. <laughs> but you're catching what I'm throwing here. The difference in these scenarios is that at a sporting match, we're the priority. Because if our team wins, then we win. Or at the cinema... We're the priority because it's our day off. We're relaxing. We get to enjoy this movie. It doesn't matter if it's a bit loud because I'm receiving right now. This is about me. I'll tell you why I think we can be absent in praise is because it's one of the only things that is not about you. Praise is one of the only things in life that shifts the focus to you onto God. We are not the priority, the recipient, the reason for our praise. Christ is. We praise Jesus. Oh, do you know who we lift up? We lift up Jesus. We celebrate Jesus. We exalt Jesus. It's not ourself. It's not our preference. I certainly don't want to be the priority for my praise. I want Christ to be the priority. So I've got a question here. Who is the priority of your praise? Is it you? You know what I said before about how you can clap, you can sing every Sunday, but you cannot praise. That's because you're the priority. Oh, I'm clapping so I look like a good Christian in front of the pastors. Oh, I'm clapping because this beat's cool. Oh, I'm, I'm clapping because if I don't clap, someone's going to look at me and be like, come on, just clap. You know, clapping for the wrong reasons, singing for the wrong reasons, shouting and dancing for the wrong reasons is just as little of praise as not doing it at all. And you know, what can happen is, without shifting the priority from yourself to Christ, is your dancing is just movement, your singing is just noise, and your clapping is just annoying. But when we combine all those things, the products of praise, with not us the priority, 
But with Christ's priority, it shifts what we are going through. It shifts what we're about and actually points us to position ourselves to say, Jesus, this is all about you. Jesus, I'm thanking you for your promises. I'm thanking you because you're victorious. I'm praising you, not because of who I am and what I've done or the things that I've done wrong, but I'm praising you because you are good. You've never not been good and you'll always continue to be good. I praise you. I praise you. You're the priority of my praise. Come on, give him a shout of praise right now. Hey. And the reason why my message is called Imperfect Praise is because when we are the priority, we feel like everything needs to be perfect for us to praise God. Oh, my life is not being good this week, so God does not deserve my praise. Oh, or maybe, hey, my life has been good, but I've been sinning a fair bit. I've been stuffing up a fair bit, uh, so he doesn't deserve my praise. And what happens is when we are experiencing the imperfection of ourself, we attribute that to our praise and we just say, hey, I don't want to have a bar of that because I'm not feeling good right now. I'm not feeling holy right now. I'm not feeling like I've got it all together. But what happens when we shift our perspective to Jesus, he is always good. He is always perfect. He is always worthy of praise. When we don't, he is. We don't need everything going right to thank the one who is always right. We don't need everything to be perfect to praise the one who is perfection. There's a massive chunk of scripture that I want to get through. Oh, who's the priority of praise? Look, I missed my own thing. 2 Chronicles 20. If I can have the band up with me as well. This scripture is about someone called King Jehoshaphat and the attack on Judah. For time's sake and for me looking less silly, we're going to call him King Fat because saying King Jehoshaphat is probably going to mess me up at some stage. But basically, let me just run this down. I'll read the whole thing, but I can't um, do it very well. I can't read very well. But basically, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And what happened, there was three armies that came to attack Judah. And Jehoshaphat praised and prayed to God before the battle was about to commence. So what happened is a messenger came to King Jehoshaphat and said, look, there's a bunch of these guys. There's actually three armies that want to kill us. And there's a lot more of them than there's of us, okay? So we need to freak out. We need to have a plan here. And this is what Jehoshaphat does, right? In 2 Chronicles 20 to 10, it says, But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. So that's the three armies. And this is, this is Jehoshaphat praying to God right now, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they were repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. O oh God, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Now, what usually you would think is happening if you're a king and you find out that three armies are about to attack you, you're not going to your knees and praying. You're thinking about, oh man, who can we give swords to? Who can we equip? Who can, what do we need to enhance here? What do we need to empower? How can we make sure that we're attacking these people just as much as they're attacking us? But what King Jehoshaphat does is, it says that he was positioned in front of a holy place, knelt down and prayed the promises of God. Hey God, remember, actually God, remind me 
of the promises that you have for Judah. Remind me of the promises and the inheritance. God, this is what you are. This is who you are. This is what you've done. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are fixed on you. And what happened is the Spirit of the, God, the, Spirit of the Lord came to one man and, and the guy stood up and he said, Hey, I feel like God's saying, don't be afraid. The battle isn't ours. It's God's. March out to the armies and we will not need to fight. King Fat and the people of Israel worshipped and praised God. Imagine that. Imagine if outside in the car park right now, there's just a massive army of people that want to come in here and just destroy this place. And we're just like, all right, we'll do with that later. Let's just praise God. It's a little bit harder to do in, in practice than when we're just reading something. So I want you to put that perspective on. These guys are about to die. And they start to praise They start to play instruments, they start to shout, they start to sing, and the next day, they went out to battle. But this is what's really interesting. King Fat actually didn't send out the archery first or the swords or the spears. He sent out the praise team. He sent out the worship. He sent out the instruments. And the worship team actually led the army. What happened is they started to praise God, and God actually caused all three armies to kill each other. And what happened is King Jehoshaphat and his people rolled up to the edge of the cliff and what they expected to see was three armies ready to attack. But it says in the Bible that all they could see was dead bodies. That all three armies were killing each other, attacking each other. And it started with praise. And then they praised God in the battlefield. And then they praised God in Judah. You know, this story isn't just saying praise is powerful. This story is highlighting that imperfect praise is powerful. That not everything needs to be good to glorify the one who is good. And what this teaches us is that at the end of the story, it says they were praising God in Judah when they returned. But do you know the reason why we praise God at the start, right after the countdown, at the start of our services, is to train and equip us to prioritize Christ so that when we're in the battlefield, when things are not going perfect, when we feel like we're not good enough, when we feel like we can't do it on our own. Hey, I remember praising God in the holy place so that when I'm in the battleground, I can still praise God so that when I can come back next Sunday, I'm going to praise Him again. What this story says is that in Judah before the battle, they praised. Through the battle, they praised. When they won, they praised. Praise Him before the victory. Trust His victory. And proclaim his goodness when the victory comes. That's what King Jehoshaphat shows us here. Imperfect praise is powerful praise. For my point three, I'm going to need Pastor Josh up here, if that's okay. And what I want you to do is I want you to just stand here. And I'm going to explain a little something. So my points so far have been praise doesn't require a preference. Praise isn't about us. And the last one is praise is actually a present. Praise is a present to God. Now, what I've got here is I've got two colognes, two colognes here. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I want to ask you to pick one and wrap it up because you're actually going to give it to me as a present. So go for it. There's scissors, there's tape. You just wrap one up, give it to me. Nice. Oh, very precise cutting. Oh, really? (laughs) He says I'm terrible at rapping, but I've heard you rap, man. You spit bars. Anyway, before 
before he's going to wrap this thing up, both products do the same thing. They're both the same, both the same price, go from the same place. There's actually nothing visibly different about these products. They both do the same thing. They are literally just cologne. There's nothing different about these products here. But as you can see, Pastor Josh is being very crafty and he's putting effort and he's getting that sticky tape. He's cutting out that wrapping paper. He probably had to buy that wrapping paper from, because he can't get it from Toy Kingdom anymore. So it's really expensive now. So he would have had to go to Drake's and purchase that wrapping paper. There's more cost that is involved. He's being very delicate. That's actually really nice. Let's give it up for Pastor Josh. Give him some encouragement. He's going for it. And I want you to look at this process because I'm going to pull out something about it in a second. Nice. That looks amazing. <laughs> for me, let's get off a Pastor Josh. Thank you. get this out of here. Now what's the difference? One went through the process of prioritizing the person that's going to receive this. If we were just to take it off the shelf at Chemist Warehouse and give it to me, I'd appreciate it, but I'm like, oh, I can actually tell that there's been a process of prioritizing the one who's going to receive this. There's been care that's been involved in this. There's been a sacrifice of more money to go into wrapping paper. There's, there's been a process that happened to this product and it prioritizes the person that's going to receive this. Does that make sense? The right priority turns an average product into a present. The right, the right priority, when we clap our hands is not just to clap our hands, but it's to thank God for what He's brought us through and what He's going to continue to bring us through. Oh, when we sing, that's a product of praise. But if it's not met with the right priority, we're just singing. But when we use our voice to proclaim God's goodness over our lives and thank Him and exalt Him and give Him glory, it's saying, God, have my lungs, have my vocal cords. God, I give you praise with everything that I have. I praise you. I praise you. I'm prioritizing you right now because I'm not the priority. You are. Oh man, when we dance, when we give offering, when we clap at someone's testimony, we're not just doing that as products of praise, but we're saying, God, you are the priority. Come on, isn't he an amazing priority? When we have the right priority, our products of praise turn into real, genuine praise. Psalm 28, 22 verse 3, it says, God inhabits the praises of his people. Oh, God inhabits the praises of His people. Let me just say one story. Would you like to stand to your feet right now? Because I'm believing we're going to praise. So, I was at a youth conference. And at this youth conference, there was a church there that was running this youth conference. And at the front, there was a lady, an, an older woman, who was down the front, probably in her mid-70s. I'm not even over-exaggerating here. And I'm thinking, oh, she's right down the front. That's amazing. Uh, and the priest, priest, <laughs> the pastor got up 
<laughs> and was like, whatever your name is, I can't remember what her name was. We're so glad that you're here. Um, hey, we just want to pray for you. We've got flowers for you because, church, I don't know if you know this, but so-and-so actually lost her husband two days ago. Um, and it's just so awesome to see that you're here. Like at the final night of conference with all these young people around, thank you for coming here. They gave her flowers. They prayed for her. And at the end of the service, because I was with a bunch of guests, they came up to us uh, and she was there as well. And she's like, boys, do you know the reason why I do that? And we're thinking, okay, here we go. She's like, this is what she said to me. I'll never forget this. She was like, if my hips are not broken, I've still got a reason to praise. If my elbows can still work, I've still got a reason to praise. And Jesus is always with me. And then she just leaves. <laughs> Did I just have a visitation from the Lord? You know what that just summed up to me? Is that she did not graduate praise because it's for youth and for kids. It's for children of God. Yeah. Yeah, oh! That even though that we might have been getting older, or even though our preference might have been our focus, or even though we might have been our priority, if Christ is our priority, if it's not about my preference, if it's not about me in general, but it's all about you, God, then I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to give you praise when I'm a kid. I'm going to give you praise when I'm a teenager. I'm going to give you praise when I have kids of my own, when I've got grandkids of my own. God, I give you praise. I give you praise. That's not who I am. Yeah, it is. That's who we are. We're called to praise. So what we're going to do is we are going to finish on a praise song. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not telling everyone that you need to like give him praise like that. But I'm just saying, if Christ is the priority, then don't be embarrassed. If Christ is the priority, then man, get that preference out of here. If Christ is the priority, if he deserves the joy, if he deserves the praise, if he deserves the honor, then God have my sacrifice. I don't want to give you something that doesn't cost me anything. So before we praise, I wanted to just pray for some people. So why don't we close our eyes all over this place, even though there's some fun music building behind me. If you're here and it's your first time, or maybe you've been coming for a long time, and maybe it's your first time this morning that you've understood that Christ actually deserves our praise because He is victorious over sin and death. He paid the price for my life that I couldn't pay on my own. And maybe you're here for the first time and you're saying, well, if He did that for me and He went to the cross for me so I can have new life, then I want to become a Christian this morning and I want to live my life for Jesus. So if no one looking around, if that's you, you're saying, hey, this morning, I want to exalt Christ in my life. I want Him to be the ruler of my life. I want to be a Christian this morning. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. If He deserves my praise, if He deserves my thankfulness, then God, I want to give it to Him. So if you're here this morning and that's you, I'm going to count down to three. And as I do that, I just want you to pop your hand up and I'm going to see that and then I'm going to pray for you after. One, two, three. Come on, nice and high. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I see that. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord, for these incredible people that just lifted up their hands to you. God, I thank you that them just lifting up their hands is not actually becoming a Christian, but it's them saying, God, have my life. I'm reaching out to you. So, Lord, I just thank you so much for these people. And God, I thank you that you deserve our praise. I thank you that you can be the Lord of our life because you died for us. And Lord, we just respond this morning by giving you our whole life. 
we exalt you, we lift you up, we put you at the first place in our life. I just thank you for these precious people that just made this incredible decision. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.